Hi, this is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of uh, inviting back to the podcast, uh, Professor Ignaz Vergoat, who's from the University Hospital in Leuven, in Leuven, Belgium. And um, the topic of this discussion is going to be the recent publication of a very important manuscript titled uh, Tisotomab Vitotin in combination with carboplatinum pembrolizumab or bevacizumab in recurrent or metastatic cervical cancer. Results from the Innova TV 205 GOG 3024 NGOT CX8 study. Ignaz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pedro. It's always my pleasure to be invited by you for this podcast. And thank you for inviting me on this topic. Well, fantastic. We're, it's a real pleasure to have you as one of our first podcasts of uh, 2024. Um, and it's always obviously a, a great learning experience speaking with you. So let's let's talk a little bit about this, uh, about this study. And I wanted to start by discussing a bit of background pertaining as to what were the key studies that led to the development of this particularly important trial? And also, can you elaborate as to what is uh, tesotamab vidutin uh, for those members of our audience who may not be as familiar? Tesotamab vidutin, or maybe I'll call it TV, that's much easier. <laughs> Perfect. Tesotamab vidutin is an antibody drug conjugate. There are many of these right now. As most uh, antibody drug conjugates, it's an antibody linked to uh, uh active chemotherapy, in this case MMAE, which binds uh, through the antibody to tissue factor. Important to know is that tissue factor is the same as thromboplastin, which is an important uh, factor in coagulation. We certainly come back to that later. And that tissue factor is present in almost all cervicocarcinomas, be it squamous or, or adeno. Once the ADC is bound to the membrane of uh, the cancer cell, it's internalized and there the linker uh, doesn't function anymore and the chemotherapy becomes active into the cell, leading to apoptosis and uh, T-cell activation. What is also important is to remember that PD-1 or pd one blockers uh, enhance the tisotomapheditin-induced T-cell response. So that's important because in this study, as you know, we also used pembrolizumab and anti-PD-1 in combination with TV. That's for the mode of action, I think, the essential thing which I wanted to say. How did we come to that? Well, uh, I was involved, as Andy Anderson, uh, with the first in human study. Uh, in different tumor types. And I had the privilege to present, present in 2017 in an oral presentation, the first results on cervical cancer, 34 patients, and we had then a response rate of, to, of 32%. Just to give you an idea, we always know there are some differences in phase ones compared with phase threes or phase twos. And this was then followed by the uh, ankle cervix six, or the Innova TV 204 study published by Rob Coleman. And there we had 24% response rate. And at that time, while we were doing the study and we saw the responses coming, we said, well, we need to prepare for combinations. So we decided to go for a combination of BEV, carbo, and pembrolizumab. And that's the history 
I think, of the trial. Very well. And um, as you were looking to design this particular study, um, tell us a little bit more about the study design and, and who was eligible for this study. But the first we did a an, an classical uh, escalation trial uh, with 12, 13 or 15 patients per cohort, depending on uh, which cohort it was. Uh, in this analysis, we did not see any DRT with the three combinations, be it carbo, pembro, or bevacizumab. And the MTD was not reached, but we had a recommended phase two dose identified, the one that is used in the expansion and also in the phase three, which, as we will mention, I will mention this later, the phase three uh, I presented at ESMO recently. Um, so that was the first par part, we had an acceptable safety profile, and so we decided to do three expansions of 23 to 35 patients, uh, one uh, with first-line recurrent uh, disease uh, in combination, TV in combination with Carbo, then another cohort of TV in combination with Pembro, and then a third cohort in second or third line recurrent disease. So we never count adjuvant chemotherapy. That's not counted as a chemotherapy in this respect. So when I say second or third line, it's second or third line recurrent disease, TV plus pembro. And there, the response rate was, uh, of course, the primary endpoint. Very well. And um, when, when you're looking at response rates, um, as a primary endpoint, how are patients assessed for response to therapy? Um, this was also classical uh, the phase two. We looked for resist confirmed response. So it's not just response, but confirmed response, at least four weeks in between. And the CTs or MRI, depending on where the lesion was, uh, was done every six weeks for at least 31 weeks. And after that, every 12 weeks. So that, I think, was a normal, classical way of uh, evaluation. Excellent. So we have a lot of questions about the uh, results, but obviously I want to let you um, tell us about what were the main results of the trial, what were the key highlights? I believe it was 142 patients that were enrolled altogether. Um, what, what are some of the takeaways from this study? Let me first start with the response rates. Like I said, conferred response rates. In first line, in combination with carboplatin, we had a 54% response rate, and with Pembro, 41%. So a little bit different, but we will come back to that later as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but very interesting response rates, I think. What is maybe even more interesting is the combination of TV with Pembrolizumab in second or third line with a response rate of 35%. What is also important is that these patients, uh, even if they are combined with Pembro, where we always see late responses with IO, we see in all cohorts, the median time to response is the first evaluation after six weeks. So it, with TV, um, brings a very fast response. And then the duration of response is longest, again, with IO. Um, that's also so I, I like very much combination of TV with IO because you get fast responses and long-lasting responses. In 
the um, first line, the median uh, OS and median duration of response is not reached. Um, while in the second and third line, Pembro, we have 14 months duration of response, which, which is excellent, I think. Mm -hmm. Also, the OS uh, is very interesting. With this is not reached after in the two first line expansion cohorts, and was fifteen months in the second or third line, which is also compared with other studies uh, excellent. I think. Absolutely, uh, definitely, I, and I like to start. You know, getting into some of the more um, detailed questions on these results and. Uh, We'll start by one of the questions from, from our fellows. Uh, her name is uh, Beatriz Navarro from uh, the Canary Islands. Uh, and she asked, um, why did you decide to include patients regardless of TF expression? Well, because we saw in, in, the, in the first in human study and also later studies, the cervix 6 study, that um, tissue factor uh, is present almost always in cervical cancer, be it adeno or squamous. As a referral, uh, I mentioned already, I presented the phase three, you know, DV301 or cervix 12 study uh, at ESMO with more than 500 patients. And there we saw that 93% of the patients have high expression, very high expression of, of tissue factor. So we didn't see a reason to exclude them. Um, so that's the reason why we think um, we don't have to select patients based on tissue factor because it's almost always present. Very well. Um, second question uh, from one of our fellows, uh, Ilaria Capasso from Italy. Um, she asked specifically about the combinations and she she's, uh, focuses on the dose escalation. Um, she mentions in the dose escalation phase, the combinations of TB plus bevacizumab TV plus pembrolizumab and TV plus carboplatinum were evaluated to assess safety and tolerability. However, in the dose expansion phase, um, it was a combination of TV and carbo, first line, TV and pembro, first line, TV and pembro, second and third line for overall response rates. Is there a reason why the combination of TV and bevacizumab as first line or second, third line was not evaluated in the dose expansion phase? The main reason was that we wanted to be cautious. Like I said in the introduction, uh, tissue factor is thromboplastin, and we know that bevacizumab uh, also can have impact, of course, on the angiogenesis and on bleedings. Mm -hmm. uh, also on fistulas, but uh, it was mainly because we wanted to be cautious and uh, we wanted to prove the concept. We wanted to, to show a proof of concept that, that it was safe. Um, and then uh, at that time, when we were setting up this trial, the first data with IO came. So we chose to concentrate on IO and on Carbo to prepare a first line trial. Um, and this is also the last cohort, which is as a matter of fact, finished now. We've also, I think 34 or 35 patients is the quadruplet with BEV and Pembro and TV and Carbo. 
which we have finished now and we hope to present next year. Um, that was mainly the preparation, but we didn't dare to go quickly to an expansion phase until we have enough, long enough follow-up of the escalation, uh, 15 patients with death before we wanted to go to an expansion phase. We, we needed more time for that, and that's why we, we did it, but we did it right away, the quadruplet in first line as the last cohort, which is not reported yet. It will be a presentation later this year. Very well. Um, now, the question about PD-1, PDL one um, this question uh, comes from Beatriz Navarro again, and she's asking why previous treatment with anti-PD-1 or anti-PDL-1 therapy was not permitted for patients that were enrolled in uh, ARMS B, E, and F. Uh, ARMS B being the combination with uh, pembrolizumab, uh, E, the pembrolizumab in the first line, and uh, F in the pembrolizumab in the second line and third line settings. Yes, all Pembro cohorts did not allow that. You have to remember that this study was set up uh, three, four years ago, before uh, Keynote A26, mm. before ECC, then to a certain extent, and before even before the the Keynote A18 and got Cervix 11. We didn't have this data. That's one thing. We had some first phase one data on IO, like I said before. But we were not thinking about re-challenging for I.O. again. Of course, now I think, with certainly with the data of this study, I, I agree it would be interesting to start a new study with TV and Pembro in patients already treated with I.O. Certainly if they didn't progress on, on I.O. but stopped I.O. because the treatment was finished and then retreatment, I think it's certainly a good idea, but at that time we didn't have these phase three trials changing the standard of care in first line, but we are working on it. Yes, yeah, completely understandable as these uh, trials are often running concurrently. Um, this next question comes from Yossi Zur from uh, Canada. Uh, he asked, while most baseline characteristics of patients in ARMD, which is the combination with um, uh, carboplatinum in the first line setting, and E, uh, which is the pembrolizumab in the first-line setting, are comparable. Why did patients who had previously been treated with paclitaxel, uh, why were they uh, included in ARM-E? Could this potentially explain the numerically low response rates and clinical benefit rates observed in ARM-E? I think that's a good remark, and we have also been thinking about it quite a while because the inclusion criteria were exactly the same. Hmm. But it's understandable. One thing, people were more interested in IO in combination with TV than with carbo. So the escalation phase of the Pembro arm went much faster. And then also the uh, expansion phase of Pembro was much faster. So that's one thing. And second thing is that um, people, why did it go faster? Because they were more interested in IO in combination with TV. And also because people were not, uh, they could, but they were not, I think, interested in a patient who had adjuvant pacotaxel carbo to treat these patients with TV and carbo. They tried to put these patients in TV per spender. Mm. 
So we didn't say they didn't, uh, they were not allowed to use Pachytaxel, uh, prior Pachytaxel in the TV Carbo arm, but they simply didn't do it while in the TV Pembro arm, I think it was 39% of the patients had prior Pachytaxel. This could have had an impact on the response rate, of course, but we don't know yet. It's 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 a hypothesis, um, but um, I think what is important is that uh, anyhow I believe that in first line, what is the next goal, at least of of mine, in first line, in addition to TV, I think both Pembro and Carbo will be needed and Beth when the patient is eligible. That's why we structured the, the quadruplet or triplet like that. So we will need both Pembro and Carbo and uh, not just uh, one of those in first line, I think. But oh, the, well. reason, the reason is, is uh, there is no inclusion reason. It's, I think when you look, when you think clinically, it's logical that it went that way. Absolutely. And now um, mentioning and talking about bevacizumab, Sabrina Piedimonti from uh, Canada, she asked the bleeding risk for Bev plus uh, TV was quite high. Would there be any selection criteria to select this doublet? Well, we have only 15 patients with the combination with Bev mm -hmm. in the escalation phase. and But we know from... Well, Others, this study and also other studies that epistaxis, almost always grade one, mm -hmm. is the main uh, reason for bleeding. It's a little bit higher when combining with BEF. I think it was 67% uh, grade one, mainly grade one epistaxis and also short duration. So this is not uh, um, a real problem. Otherwise, you had some vaginal bleeding switch and cervical cancer, you expect, of course. But there were no life-threatening bleedings. We only had one grade four in uh, these 15 patients with BEF and TV, and that was a rectal perforation, but she got BEF. So I think it's from the BEF and TV that was the cause. So the bleeding, indeed, is frequent. It's frequent with TV. It's one of the ACIs with TV, besides eye toxicity and neuropathy. It's the, the, that's the third one, but it's low grade and mainly epistaxis. Yeah, so certainly manageable. Um, now, uh, this question comes from uh, Elena Olearo in Italy. Uh, she asks, since the median duration of TV exposure range from 3.7 to 6.2 months, and in order to minimize adverse events, which accounted for 15% of patients, did you observe or would you suggest a specific time interval for drug administration sessions in the setting of first-line platinum chemotherapy in association with TV? I don't think that the interval would change a lot. Um, important to mention is that the medium number of cycles is six, which is exactly the same as in Keynote A to 6 and in GOG240, and that the medium time to response is short, like I mentioned um, so obviously, that's the med these are the medians, median number of cycles, but there are a considerable number of patients benefiting from longer treatment exposure with proper management of toxicity. So the toxicity, the management of the A size is of course important uh, with um, uh, TV. Uh, when looking in all the different, also in other diseases, uh, the studies with TV. Um, 
I think the data are quite strong, also in the phase three, like I mentioned, that the three BK regimen in this dose is the most safe and efficacious regimen uh, for cervical cancer. Very well. Um, now, one question that uh, often comes up, and uh, I think we've had some of these discussions in the past from Ilaria Capasso, as it pertains to the patient population. Um, she asked that the, the vast majority of the study population was Caucasian and other ethnicities were not represented as well. Do you believe that the results of the study may be applicable to non-white populations? Are there any data in the literature examining the toxicity and efficacy of bevacizumab, pembrolizumab, and carboplatinum in different ethnicities? It's correct. Uh, this is NGOT and GOG, and NGOT have most patients where we don't have uh, these other ethnic, uh, or much less of these other ethnic uh, populations. Um, so the data are most sure for um, for Caucasians. What I would like to add is that uh, again in the presentation on the phase three I did. Uh, in ESMO in Madrid, that of these patients, uh, 505 patients, 33% was Asian. So mm. for the Asian population, uh, we are quite sure there is no problem because the uh, both efficacy and toxicity was very similar in the Caucasians and Asians. So, so I don't expect a problem, um, but um, that's the data we have across all trials with TD. It's mainly European and US patients. And obviously when there is a, a large weight of patients from, from Europe, some populations are not so frequent as they should have been for FDA patients. Now, Ignace, obviously this is a, an important study, as I mentioned, um, for this combination is showing really encouraging anti-tumor activity in uh, in patients previously treated with recurrent or metastatic cervical cancer, um, what do you see as the limitations of this study? But although it's a large, I think phase one, phase two study, it remains a phase two expansion study. So this means that the data which we have seen are limited in numbers and not randomized. So that's a limitation. And the second limitation I see is that we don't have yet the data of the quadruplet in first line. That will also be very informative and, and I hope confirm the fact that you combine can combine these drugs in an efficient way and then the next step will of course be the first line study. Very well. Um, Bella Jugeli from um, uh, Georgia, she asked, uh, what do we do in our clinical practice? Under what circumstances would you consider choosing this combination now? With the data we have now, I think for me, the most interesting cohort was the uh, second and third line uh, TV and Pembro. Uh, and in second line, and if, if Pembro is available in combination with TV, I could use it. I think it's certainly an interesting regimen, even in patients with prior I.O., as long as they didn't progress and I could use it, that would be a good combination. Why? Because when I compare to other phase ones and phase twos with expansions, 
the 35% response rate with a 15 months OS is favorable compared with uh, the high dose Nivi EPO trial, where the response rate was 26%, Balzal 25%, uh, the skyscraper was presented at um, IDCS with Atezo, Lizimab, and the anti-Tegit Tirago, I usually call it. 90% response rate with a combination of digit and anti-PDL1. And then, um, so all these percentages are much lower than this combination, which is tolerable and is to me very, very interesting. So if I could get access to TV and Pembro, that would be my chosen segment. Very well. And now um, as a last question, um, you talked a little bit about what are the upcoming studies. What's what's next in line in terms of uh, exciting research for TV in cervical cancer? Well, of course, like I mentioned already several times, I think the phase three trial will be was ex during the presidential session presented and was by the discussant and also all the interviews and discussion I had uh, with KOLs afterwards. I think based on this trial, probably TV will become one of the standards of care in second and third line. Mm -hmm. I hope we can do, like we discussed, TV plus Pembro in second and third line, even in patients who have had prior IO. And then uh, the next step is obviously to try the quadruplet and if the patient as a contraindication for, for both the triplet in first line as the next round. So that's for me the future for TV and cervical cancer. Very, very exciting. And I and I, I feel we're going to have a subsequent podcast to address uh, those trials as well. Uh, Professor Ignaz Vergot, always, always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so, so much for um, always being receptive and accepting our invitations to discuss these important studies. Um, thank you for, for your time and thanks uh, again and congratulations to all of the other co-authors of this really important study. Thank you. Always my pleasure.